This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome aboard. We're excited to be here today with Pastor Peter Torres. Here on a five-show marathon starts now. Brother Peter, you want to open us up in prayer? Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now, O God, for the opportunity, Father God, to do your work, to speak your word, to communicate, Lord God, your plan to your people. Father, we live in perilous times just as you said that we would Father give us strength give us Father God encouragement Father God for the journey teach us the way that we should go Father God show us oh God tonight your way and your plan come Lord God we come Lord God right now against every power principality every worker of darkness Father God we declare that you and you alone are the only true God. So we thank you, Lord. We ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, to be God tonight over the airwaves, to be God tonight in all that we do, that you would be glorified, and that you would be glorious in the midst of your people. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody, welcome. Pastor Peter Torres from Kolkata Christ Ministries. Live, and Peter, we've got the next 55 minutes. We'll start now. The mic is yours, my friend. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Praise God, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. So, um, I spent some time, and it's really, really interesting, because I initially thought I knew exactly what I was going to preach on tonight. And then God changed it, and I was okay. And then as I prayed a little more, and I, I've been reading through 
I can't explain this except to simply say it. I started off this year with a ravenous hunger for God's Word. I've been getting far deeper in and I've been reading um, through all of Paul's letters. And so I went back to the letters. And God stopped me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want to speak to you tonight, brothers and sisters, on the topic of preach in the midst of opposition. Preach in the midst of opposition. You see, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writing says the following, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. He goes on to explain, For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. And I want to stop there because we're going to unpack more of this. But I want to anchor us right there in chapter 2, verse 2. We had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. And the first thing I noticed, Brother Shannon and brothers and sisters and friends listening, is that this is a common theme for Paul. For example, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says, But I would ye understand, brethren, that things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in the palace and in all places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the others of love, knowing that I am set for the, de- for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and I will rejoice. He goes on later in chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, to invite the brethren into the fellowship of Christ's suffering. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 11, he repeats this. In first, I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 11. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 9 through 16, he talks about the apostles being set up as fools for Christ's sake, as a spectacle to the world and to angels. And then he says, be imitators of me. To, Tim- to Timothy he writes, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So what is my point? Brothers and sisters, we are coming into, in fact, let me stop saying we're coming into. We are in perilous times. Attacks on the gospel, on the church, on Christianity, have multiplied in waves throughout the world. This is a dangerous time 
to be a Christian. Even here in America, we're beginning to find out that the Justice Department had been set against certain Christian organizations that to register an organization. In fact, we have heard government officials here make the comment before that if you are a Bible-believing, church-attending person who reads their Bible every day, you are a threat to our democracy. Notwithstanding, we see also the increase of persecution of the Jewish people. We see, and listen, I'm not trying to politicize this. I want you to hear me, please. Look at what happened to Israel, the attack that happened, that came out of Gaza and the attack. If any other nation in the world had been attacked on that level, had lost that percentage, I mean, video and testimony is coming out of the horror and the vileness and the evil that was done. And yet, not one resolution from the United Nations, not one resolution against Hamas, but multiple have been proposed against Israel. Brothers and sisters, I, I did a very, very, very lengthy study after, you know, right after COVID had hit, because people were wondering, is, is you know, COVID the end? Is the, you know, is the, uh, if I get the shot, is that the mark of the beast? And so I went through with our people throughout the entire book of Revelation. And we even delve a little bit into Daniel and what some of the other prophets saw. And I warn people, no, no, this is not, but it's preparation. It's a setup. It's getting us ready. It's practice. It's preparing your mind to accept the idea that there is nothing more important than survival in this world. I will pay any price. I will do whatever I have to do to survive in this world. This is where my treasure is. This is where my home is. And Brother Shannon, we've come to a point now. Here in the U.S., um, I was reading this uh, about this recently. Did you know that among people under the age of 25, something like 80% of them believe that freedom of speech should be removed from the Constitution? Wow. People should not have the freedom to say certain things. And it's funny because I tested this out. As you know, I work in a high school. Yes. And yes, a lot of my students felt like, well, I understand that. There's some things people can't just be allowed to say. There was only some debate about which things. And another question was put forth. What about Scripture? What if it's religious and there's a scripture, but the scripture is anti-LGBTQ? Then it should be removed from the Bible 
or banned for anyone to speak. Wow. Period. They, they agree. The majority, not all, not all. And people get shocked by these things, but you got to understand something. Even Jesus himself said what about the narrow path? There's a wide way, a big, broad highway that leads to destruction, and many find it. But when he talked about the narrow path, he said, few there be. So I keep running into Christians that are shocked because they, they feel like we're falling into the minority, and we've always been the majority. And No, we weren't. Listen, not every, everyone who calls himself a Christian is a Christian. If you follow scripture, God has always been about a remnant. This is not a new thing. I'll give you an example. If I ask most Christians, how many children did Abraham have? He had one son, Isaac. Not true. He had Ishmael. And after Isaac, he had other children. But God was only concerned with the son of the promise, a remnant. How many children did Isaac have? Isaac had two. And by the way, from Esau came multiple, many children, and even nations and kingdoms. But God was interested in one. His eye was on Jacob. So God has always been about a remnant. God has always been about a wheel inside of a wheel, about a smaller group. And as our numbers seem to dwindle, there's an advantage. Because when Christianity costs you something, the pretenders to the faith walk away. You see, if being a Christian means my best life now and a brand new Mercedes in the driveway and, you know, a seven bedroom, six bathroom mansion, then everybody would want to be a Christian. Because at the end of the day, what you're worshiping is yourself. I want the best for me. And if Jesus is a means to my end, why not follow him? But when the persecution turns up, when, as Paul said, we have been often in beatings and, to, and then says, come follow us, the timid don't follow anymore. If you've ever been in a situation where preaching the gospel could cost you something, if you've ever been in a situation where your prayers could have gotten you shot. Where your preaching could have gotten you killed. Then you know. Please listen. I'm, it does not matter how dedicated you think you are to God. There's a pause and a gut check. And a moment of prayer. And only grace, see God gives grace for every situation. Only God's grace is sufficient for that situation. But if you've learned that grace is a license to sin and faith is about believing in me, then you don't go any further. You don't let God operate. And so Paul says, preach. 
in the midst of opposition. Join me as I do this. Come with me. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, listen, you're going to start seeing more and more opposition. You're going to see it from friends. You're going to see it from family. You're going to see it from strangers. You're going to see it from co-workers. But here's the worst and craziest thing. You're going to experience it coming from the church. Think about it. Watch Jesus preaching. Read especially in John's Gospel. Most of the opposition Jesus ran into did not come from the Samaritans. It did not even come from the Romans. They didn't take him seriously and most of the time didn't care. But the religious of his day. Because when you preach truth, you separate wheat from chaff. You separate the sheep from the goats. And people don't like it. People don't want you. I mean, speak the truth if it's the truth they want to hear. But when you speak the whole truth, it's scary. But then he goes on. In verses 4 through 6. I'm still in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He says, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor do we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. Even though as apostles of Christ, we might have asserted our authority. Notice, brothers and sisters, that he says, But just as we have been approved by God and trusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men. I want to warn you because, listen, okay? When you're training for a marathon, if you are going off into combat, if you are training for the Olympics, if you're really in a competition, listen, Olympians do not eat and train like Olympians all the time. Bodybuilders do not eat and train. Now, they do eat and train. They do eat different than us. They exercise different from us. But when they are close to competition, They kick it up a notch and it goes into the extreme. Likewise, the marathon runner. If you were training to run a marathon and you told me, Brother Peter, I'm going to run this marathon in five years. There are changes you make slowly this year and next year. But when that marathon gets a year away, everything changes. When that marathon is a, a month away, it changes even more. When you're training for the Olympics and it's two years out, you make some adjustments. But when it's one year out, six months out, the adjustments are tighter. Why am I bringing this up? Because we have an abundance of preaching of God's word available through the Internet, through television. But I would dare say 
a prophecy is being fulfilled in our time of a famine for the true word of God. Brother Shannon, you have no idea. Sister Cloudy and I spent so much time looking for a home church. And you know what we found, Brother Shannon? There were so many places with good people, friendly people, nice people. There were places it was great to fellowship. It was wonderful to hang out. But so often, there was something wrong with the word. For example, I've learned um, here in New Jersey where we are right now. In northern New Jersey, over 80% of all evangelical churches are cessation theologists. They don't believe God works miracles. They don't believe in demons. They don't believe that the Holy Spirit really moves. They like It's weird how they rectify this, but they, they kind of believe the Holy Spirit is real because he's still here. But he's kind of like a friend God gives you that kind of fills you with a good sensation at the beginning to let you know that you're saved, but he's not getting involved. And so it's hard to find truth. But then you find truth, and it's being preached, but it's not being lived. Or you find truth, they believe in the miracles, and they believe in this, but they only want to talk about the good part. They want to talk about the miracles, and they want to talk about the good, and they want to talk about the salvation, and they don't want to talk about the cause. But Paul makes it very clear here. We did not speak as pleasing men, but God, who examines our hearts. Why am I bringing this up? I have a twofold purpose. If you're listening to me right now, number one, I want you to pray that God, through his Holy Spirit, would increase the filters on your ears and hearts to understand truth and filter out lies. Because poor preaching, remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if what I'm hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing is compromised, it produces in me a compromised faith. And we are coming into a time where a compromised faith is not going to cut it. Where a little now I lay me down to sleep prayer is not going to cut it. Where a little, you know, scripture verse a day and a pre-digested devotional is not going to cut it. Where you're going to have to be able to take hold of God's word and get into it for yourself. Where you're going to have to be able to open the word and understand what God is saying. Where you're going to have to be able to go to the word and believe the word and stand on the word no matter what you see. We're going to see some things. Hear me. You're going to see some things real soon you never thought you would see. And you're going to hear some things going on that you never thought you would hear. We are coming into the end times. We have always been since Christ came in the end times. The beginning was getting ready for his coming. The end is getting ready for his return. But we are getting closer to the wrapping up of all things. And as we get closer, we're going to confront some things. And let me tell you something. A little eye candy, a little ear candy, 
will produce in you spiritual diabetes. So we've got to begin to filter what comes in through our eyes and filter what comes in through our ears. And even when it pertains to the quote-unquote worship music we listen to, where something like over two-thirds of all worship songs today are really about us. By the way, that's something else I noticed going to churches. We'd be standing there, I'm really trying to worship. I felt weird worshiping. I start looking at the lyrics and realize we've sung four songs and never mentioned Jesus once. We sang four songs and never mentioned the cross. We sang four songs and never mentioned God. We sang four songs but never talked about the Holy Ghost. We sang four songs and we mentioned me and myself and us and our and love and happiness and joy 10,000 times, but God hasn't gotten a word. How is that worship? What are we worshiping then? If everything I'm singing is about me and I and mine and wonderful, then I'm worshiping me. Filter. 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 But I'm also telling you this. Because you see, A message like this, people say, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. Listen, every Christian is an evangelist. In fact, every Christian. See, for those of you who don't know me and I'm new to you, let me explain something. I like to use words biblically. What do I mean by that? We have a lot of words that come out of the Bible that have been given new meaning in society over the decades, over the centuries. So for example, I would say every Christian is evangelical. If you are not evangelical, you are not a Christian. Now for some of you that would offend because evangelical is a particular type of Christian. In fact, most evangelicals are anti-Pentecostal. So to be evangelical means you go to church at least once, if not twice a week. You believe the Bible is the word of God. You follow the word of God, right? You're evangelical. But evangelical simply means I believe and preach the word of God. All Christians are evangelical. Evangel. To spread the good word. An evangelist spreads the good word of God. An evangelist comes around. In fact, let me even clarify this. We live in an age of itinerant preachers. I defy you to find me the phrase itinerant preacher in the New Testament. But it does mention an evangelist. And the job of the evangelist was to propagate the seeds of the gospel everywhere. The other job of the evangelist was to come into the church. When revival is needed. When do you need revival? When death is setting in. The fire that we had at first is dwindling. The flame is burning lower. Our wick is about to burn out. Our oil is almost done. And the job of the evangelist is to figure out that, to come and and hear from God and put his pulse on that church like a good doctor and figure out. What is stopping up the arteries? What is blocking the flow? 
of the Holy Ghost? What is blocking the flow of the power of God? And restore the flow of the oil. And restore the light that burns. And every single one of us has a responsibility. First, to his family and to his brothers and sisters. To be an evangelist and, you know, stir up the coals. And blow the Rauch, the, the Rauch HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKadosh, onto those coals so that new fire burns. To unstop the oil so that it flows from the laver in to the vessel. So that the wick will not turn out. But when you preach, brothers and sisters, take Paul's advice. In fact, it's not even advice. He states it as a fact. Take him to task. Do what he says. Don't preach looking at men. Don't preach trying to please people. There's too much of that in our society. Trying to tickle people's ears. Be careful of a church. Where every single time you walk in, from beginning to end, all you ever feel is good about yourself, especially if you know you're not doing right. Listen, good preaching will make you feel good. Good preaching will put a spring in your step. Good preaching will restore the flow of the Holy Ghost and restore you onto God and make you, yes, transform. Form your life. But if you are in sin, that good preaching before it gets there is going to take you back to the cross and crucify you again because there is no resurrection life without a crucifixion beforehand. So don't please people. Get your eyes off of people. He said, We never came with flattering speech, but we live in an age. Where pastors start their sermon by telling the congregation how wonderful they are and the people, how great they are. And if there's an evangelist who's not really an evangelist, but he's an itinerant preacher, he spends the first 15 minutes of his sermon telling the pastor and the congregation and the elders what perfect people and how wonderful they are and flattering them. Why? Because he wants a bigger honorarium. And then he goes from there to telling them what they want to hear. So the church calls in the evangelist because the fire's gone out and he's telling them, oh, I feel the burn and the blaze. And no, no, it's not there. If it was blazing, they wouldn't need you. Do you understand? Brothers, be careful. Sisters, be careful what you're listening to. And when God calls you to speak, Speak what God said. Now speak it in love. Because I've also seen those people who speak to other Christians and speak to unbelievers and treat them horribly and berate them with their tongues. And no, no, don't, don't be cruel. Don't be wicked. Don't be vicious. Don't beat down the brethren. Speak the truth. But speak it in love. Let your words be salted with love. Speak. But speak right. Okay. Next. 
Verse 8. He says, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. You see, this is what I mean about preaching the truth in love. Brother and sister, whenever you speak to an individual, whenever you speak to a congregation, whenever you speak to a group, whenever you speak and you're speaking for God, are the people you're speaking to as precious to you as they are to God? Let me ask you that again. Are they as precious to you as they are to God? And before you answer too quickly, keep in mind, God thought they were so precious that he sent his son to the cross to die for them. God thought they were so precious that Jesus took the lacerations on his back and Jesus took the crown of thorns and Jesus took the nails in his hand and Jesus took the thirsting and the pain and the dislocation of his shoulders and the scraping of his lacerated back against the splintering wood and breathed and died on that cross for them. Brother Peter, you just went mute. Check and see if your mute switch went on. I'm still showing we're connected, but not getting any audio from you. Also see if maybe the um, headset came unplugged. Okay, hang on a sec, folks. Let's get Brother Peter back. Do we still have audio out there in the chat room? Sound check. Stand by. Somebody in uh, MixLR, let me know if you got audio. Okay, we're working to get Brother Peter back. Hang on. Brother Peter, do we have you back? Uh, you are oh, muted. There you go. Did your, did your headset come unplugged, my brother? Yeah, give me literally two minutes. I can get, give me a second. I can get this back on. Okay, no problem. I'll call you back. Thank you, brother. Okay. He may have pulled the headset out. Could be a battery. Okay, good. We've got uh, audio out there. Welcome aboard, everybody. We are excited to be here with you tonight here on Omega Man Radio. We're here every day. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern is our schedule. Today we're doing an early bird show. And uh, we're going to have John Terrell, Rose Betancourt, Doug Perry, and WMI up ahead. And then we'll close out this weekend that way. I'll get the shows we did yesterday uploaded for you. Encourage you to share these programs with a friend. Also share the love. If these programs are a blessing to you, you can support this work to keep it fueled over at OmegaManRadio.com I want to thank those that do you have allowed us to be able to be here tonight literally 
Without your help, uh, these programs would not continue. Of course, the Lord taps people so that they can abound every good work, and we thank God for that and for those that do support this program. God richly bless you. If you'd like to be one of those, come on board with us. We've got PayPal, Zelly, GoFundMe. What else we got? Cash App over there. Any bit helps and uh, helps pay for things like server cost, broadcasting, help a mega man be able to buy some oatmeal. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not eating a lot these days. Uh, chicken mainly, some oatmeal, coconut water. By um, choice, that is. And uh, I'm thankful. Praise the Lord, Brother Peter. Welcome back. You got Jack, your Brother Shani, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? One, two, yep, three. Yep, I got you. Okay. Okay, cool. You're back. And we only went down for about two minutes. Brother Peter, okay. to, keep, to keep an eye up on the clock, we've got 20 minutes left. Run with it. You got it. All right. So uh, besides learning the fact that I am going to need a new headset, <laughs> um, my headset died. That's all that happened there. But that's all right. We're not going to give the enemy any more of our time. So I was saying, Paul says in verse 8 that he was willing to impart the gospel. And not only the gospel, but his very life to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, when we speak to people, we have to be aware of how precious these lives are. We have to be aware of how precious the time is. We have to be aware that time is winding down and these lives must be saved. Jesus paid a precious price. And so when we speak, we must not only speak the truth and not only speak the truth in love, but speak the, the truth in love with a passion equal to what Jesus gave it. This is one of the reasons why I love the Gospel of John so much, because if you watch the Gospel of John, you see the degree of passion that Jesus poured into his preaching. And here, at times, is frustration. You can hear the anguish. You can hear, when I don't know, maybe it's just me when I read, the passion with which he preached to the people. And brothers and sisters, when we talk to people about the gospel, we, like Paul, must be willing not only to speak truth, but speak that truth with perfection, that we are willing not only to give them the gospel, but our own lives. As Paul said elsewhere, I'm willing to be poured out as a drink offering. We must be willing to be poured out. For the gospel. We must be willing. And so when we preach in the midst of opposition, we're not just preaching in the midst of opposition and preaching through our own pain and preaching through the difficulty. But we're preaching so as not to please men, but to please God. But we do at the same time. So love the people to whom we are preaching that we are willing to be poured out for them. We are willing to be broken for them. We are willing to invest in praying for them. Brothers and sisters, how often do you pray for those who have asked for your prayers? 
How often do we as Christians say, oh, I'll pray for you, and walk away? But this was not God's intent. It was God's intention that we should be poured out for them, that we should be willing to suffer for the gospel, that we should be willing to suffer for his people. This is God's intention. This is what God desires for us, from us, and to us. Brothers and sisters, I want to admonish you tonight. Preach. Gospel. Preach it in truth. Preach it without limitation. Preach it with passion. Preach it everywhere you go. Preach. Because the world needs good gospel preaching. Preach because people need to know that God is real. Preach. Because Jesus, last command to us was that. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation, to all creation. Rising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew, I want to close with this, actually. I wasn't originally going to, but it's really on my heart to do it. I'm sorry, not Matthew, Mark. If you have your Bible, turn back to Mark 16. Right at the very end, Jesus said, just lost it. (laughs) Jesus admonished the people, admonished his followers right before going up into heaven. I know we, we call it the Great Commission. I love the way Mark's gospel puts it. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and is baptized shall be saved. But he disbelieves shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will in no ways harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. You see, the one other thing that Paul said about his preaching, he said that my teaching and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of power. Why is there so little power in the preaching of our day? About that for a minute. I would venture to say, because it's not preached according to what we just read in First Thessalonians. It's not preached in the midst of opposition. It's not preached to be pleasing to God, but rather to be pleasing to men. And
and lives are not poured into it. But I want to admonish you, and again, don't excuse yourself by saying, well, I'm not an evangelist. Yes, you are. I'm not a pastor. I'm not called. You may not be called to full-time mission, but there is a calling on your life. God is calling you. Go out and preach the gospel to all creation. To speak to your co-workers, your family, your friends. To give them the gospel. Do it with enthusiasm. Do it with power. Passion. Do it uncompromisingly. But do it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We're live with Brother Peter Torres, Kolkata Christ Ministries. Brother Peter, where are you located at? Are you a New York State? <laughs> so right now, the family and I are actually in North Jersey, literally like just over the border from New York. So we're kind of covering two regions right now. Okay, New Jersey area. And do you have a website or email or other way people can contact you? Um, so right now, the website is still up. Uh, you can see that at kqcministries.org. And you can also reach us via email at the same, kqcministries at gmail.com. Fantastic. kqcministries at gmail.com? Gmail. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, are you on Facebook or YouTube, any platforms like that? Um, I'll be honest. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I have shied away from social media for a while. I'm on a social media fast. And part of it, Brother Shannon, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know how much time you spend there. Um, please, Christian men especially, be very careful. I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, between all the fighting and backbiting, which was turning me off to social media among Christians, it really bothered me for a while. And you've heard me speak about this and speak against this. But now there's something new that I've found, and this is really sad to me, and it, it's happened multiple times. I have been contacted by people, and because, you know, it's a ministry, I, I pretty much outfriend anybody who friends me. I'm like, yeah, why not? We're friends. You know, because I want them to hear the gospel. And you'll get contacted. I don't know if you're seeing this, Brother Shannon, and, you know, it's a very, like, you see the photo. I don't like friending people who don't have an actual photo because it makes me wonder. Right. Who are you really? And they have a beautiful photo and they're decently dressed. And you look at the profile. I really do. I do my homework. I look at the profile. And interest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's scripture on their, in the background. And it, it, it's wonderful. You're like, oh, we found another believer. Click. Two days later, I get the same person. I get messages. I get images from the same person. Half naked, naked singing worldly songs, um, sending me links. Do you want to go to this website or this web? Do you want to buy my photos here? Private chat with me. Let's connect for sex. And I'm like, come on, people. But you were a beautiful, wonderful Christian. You were a Christian woman. You know, long skirt and everything covered. And 
scripture all over, and the scripture is still there. And I even had one contact me and ask why I was offended by this. This is my ministry. I was done. Oh, man. <laughs> done, brother. That's crazy. There's a, there's a lot of bad stuff on Facebook. So I I, the, the issue is this. I used to have a way, um, and, and it's not working the same. I used to have a way um, through MixLR to get onto um, Facebook, Twitter, post all my stuff, but never have to go. Oh. So I'd never actually be on the sites, but I'd be all over the place. That's a good idea. And lately it's not working the same. Like it is, but I end up having to go in. And I'm just trying to avoid it. I don't want to deal with that right now. Hey, that's actually a good, a good suggestion. Um, we can find one of these programs to, to repost a, a show there. Um, of course, I love to talk to people, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, catfish up there. It's a people who are exactly. not who they say they are. <laughs> Thank there. you. Actually, you're right. That's what it's called, right? Catfish. Um, Brother Peter, this is exciting to have you back tonight. Um, hey, I'll make a 6 p.m. available for you any any time that works for you. Would you look at your schedule and see if you can find us some more dates coming up? We got to get you back, man. Yep. I'm definitely listen. I'm definitely going to look at that. And try to get on at least, I mean, I want to get on at least once a month, but I want to try and do this a little more regularly if I can. That'd be great. We got 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. I can get you and still get you out of there pretty early. Uh, my friend, we love and appreciate you. How is Sister Claudia and the the mighty men of valor? Uh, by the grace of God, everyone, and you know this, when you have young children who are in school, it's saying a lot. Everybody at home is healthy. Thank God. Amen to that. Uh, we're doing great. And actually, I want to share an interesting, I'll share a quick testimony about the boys. Um, I love, I, and I'm sure you've experienced this, I love watching my kids pray. Because children pray reckless prayers. They don't, like, no matter how much faith you have, logic and reason and science tries to enter in. It doesn't for children. So I didn't tell you this. My mom last year was battling cancer. She had had a major surgery and then had to go through chemo. She was not reacting well to the chemo. And her desire, her private desire, was that she would go through only three rounds. She was supposed to do, I think, eight or nine. And the doctor had already explained to me why. She has to finish this. She has to finish this so the, the cancer is coming back and da, da, da. Long story short. So after her third treatment, the boys, you know, they're praying for grandma. And I believe it was Obed who said it first. And God opened the, no, one of them prayed that grandma would not need chemo anymore. And then and then Obed goes, when it's his turn to pray, he says, God, open the eyes of the doctor to see that grandma doesn't need this anymore. Two days later, I get a t well, actually, the next night, but I didn't see it till the following morning. I get a text. Wonderful news. Doctor called this morning, so it's literally the next day after they prayed that it came that the situation came. Doctor called this morning, wants to sit and meet with me. No more chemo needed. Praise God for that. 
So, and that, that's why, by the way, I cannot have my boys. I don't care how much they do everything right. I cannot have my boys in the church that going to, that's going to try to teach them that God stopped being God and doesn't do miracles anymore. Because already at their young age, they're seeing answer to prayer. Amen. I'm sorry she was going through that, but praise the Lord for answered prayer. Amen. Ah, uh, yes. My friend, we love and appreciate you. Uh, what would, shall we title the message for the archive tonight? Um, I'd call it preaching in the midst of opposition or preaching awesome. in opposition. Okay. Whichever. Awesome. Sort of title, but if not, I'd, I'd go with preaching in the midst of opposition. Oh, I think that's perfect. Preaching in the midst of opposition. Would you like to close us in prayer tonight, my friend? And I want to thank you for coming on. We love and appreciate you. Absolutely. Wonderful Heavenly Fathers, we come to you tonight, Lord, and we get ready to close out. I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for your presence tonight. And Father, I lift up before you Brother Shannon Ray Davis. Father, I lift up his family, his wife, his children. I thank you, Father God, for the position that you've given him, that you've raised him up for such a time as this, and I pray your blessings over him. I pray, Lord God, that you would encamp your angels round about his children, and Lord, as wickedness and darkness advance more and more, that they would have not one single foothold, not one inch of entry space into Brother Shannon's home, marriage, children, family, or ministry. I pray that you continue to bless the airwaves and, Lord, inhabit these airwaves as the message of the gospel goes forth through Omega Man Radio. And, Father, I pray for those who have been listening tonight. Father, I pray that they will have heard with open ears that, Lord, their hearts and minds would be transformed, that they would hide this word in their hearts and that it would bear much fruit for your kingdom. Father, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I say amen to that, brother. Thank you very much for that prayer. God bless you, Cloudy and the children, and we'll see you Before you go, how are, uh, oh. how are your three doing? Well, praise the Lord. Like you said, if nobody's coughing in the house or running nose or fever, things are good. <laughs> and right now, everybody's been sleeping good and not coughing all night. And uh, I've been playing God. around with the thermostat a little bit. We have a switch on air condition and moving it into dry mode, like dehumidifier. That seems to help a little bit. But uh, praise God. Children are, are healthy. Uh, Jeremiah's in school. He's in first grade. And um, nice. they're growing. So we're blessed. I, I, I am very happy that they're all in good health. For the longest time, it seemed Praise like somebody God. had somebody was sick, and then it would go to the next child, the next child. It was like, oh Jesus, will we ever overcome? Yep, this? And by the time you get by the time you get the third one healthy, the first one's got a new one. Exactly. <laughs> or a mutated form of the one he started. I know it's me. Oh, it's like Lord help me. But praise God, we've got a respite. So praying it'll stay that way. Praise God. We'll see you again soon. God bless well, you, brother. Lots of love to you and the family. Miss you terribly, brother. Well, you know what? I need. I owe you a new picture, and you owe me one, too. Obviously, let me send you one, and that will get you to send me a fresh one. You sent me more than I've right, sent you. All right, you got so it. I'm going to send you a fresh one. <laughs> All right. Love you, brother. All right. God bless you, brother, and please continue on. 
Man, in the like, ministry, it, it things things are going to get a little crazy, but he has you where he has you for a reason. Be open to that. Love you, brother. I appreciate that. And meditate on once or twice a month. You can have every week if you wanted to, just saying. But you tell me what works for you. Thank you, brother Peter. You got it. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Hey, Nanny. Jemima came to say hello to me. What are you doing? Jeremiah? Okay. Folks, um, it was great to have Brother Peter back. I would like to have him on every week. We're going to work on that. Okay, let me save this program. We'll be right back. 